Welcome back, everybody. We're here for another episode of Other Duties as Assigned. I'm Scott with Patrick Screen. We're talking today with another student manager. This is Miguel Castro of the University of Texas San Antonio. Go Roadrunners. Miguel, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself, kind of what initially got you into equipment, why you've chosen this as your profession, and, and all that good stuff. All right. Thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, um, I'm, I'm Miguel. This is my um, third year going into equipment, if we have a fall season, hopefully. Uh, I've been doing this since I got out of high school. I mean, honestly, I've always wanted to stay in sports. Like, that's my thing. Um, I study politics and law at the University of Texas San Antonio because I think I'm myself a more wise guy when it comes to politics and stuff like that. But I feel like, you know, I've always wanted to stay dedicated to sports and stuff. And I played sports growing up. I never was blessed to play anything good. So, I mean, I just sat on the bench. I was your fourth liner guy when it came to football, soccer, anything in any sport. Even golf, I'm quite terrible at. You can ask my uh, my friends how horrible my swing is on the links. But yeah, um, what got me into equipment it's a real actually Charles was Barkley. really. <laughs> oh, that's a bad swing. Like you want to talk about horrendous <laughs> swings? That's bad. But yeah, what got me into equipment was actually this book. Ironically, it's um called Glory Days. It's about the former equipment manager of Dallas Cowboys, um, Buck Buchanan, and like I bought this book when I was 12 years old at a Goodwill for like two bucks. And I didn't even think anything of it, but like he like talked about his life and how he became an equipment manager for the Dallas Cowboys and like what the service is and like at his time period, how it was. And it was like pretty fascinating stuff to be that close to a program or a team and having that experience and stuff. And so when I started to look around for colleges, I wanted to make sure that it, there was a college that had a football team so I could like work as an equipment manager that's something i've always wanted to do coming out of high school just to stay close with the teams and stuff like traveling was the bonus but like just being a part of it was going to be something i really wanted to do and yeah two years two seasons passed and i'm still enjoying it i still like it would like to do this for a career try to avoid law school as much as possible but yeah just try to have fun with it yeah, it's it's always great whenever you don't have to wear a suit to work and you can wear gym shorts and a t-shirt as uh, you know, and just kind of be a little bit more relaxed than you would necessarily having to deal with law school. So Yeah, uh, it's fun. <laughs> it's fun but, to just walk around in free gear, like the university hands on there is like paying fifty dollars at the bookstore and I just get it for free. It's pretty fun. Yep. It's definitely a perk that we tell students when we're trying to recruit for the equipment room that that you'll get some gear and you get to be on the sideline and stuff like that. Yeah, it's fun. It's enjoyable. It's, it's a good perk. <laughs> so, aside from the free gear uh, and, you know, kind of being around football, you know, still, especially football for that matter, but, um, you know, what would you say has been your favorite part of the job and kind of what kind of keeps you going and coming back to, to equipment every day and going through the grind of laundry and all that other craziness that you have to do on a daily basis? generally i like doing that type of stuff i like being in the thick of it like doing laundry is not the worst thing for me honestly i like being out there with the coaches and stuff i prefer not to get yelled at by the head coach a lot of the time because no one does no one likes that but like it's it keeps me going because just knowing that i can do that i'm doing something that benefits the team that makes a change that like I mean, you can't really have the football team without the equipment team out there doing like game day setups practice runs or anything like that like it's very hard for like a team to have someone that isn't equipment out there and what just keeps me going is knowing that like 
it's a fun thing for me. I mean, as long as it stays being fun for me, I'll keep doing it. I mean, it's just enjoyable for me. I mean, that's pretty much what keeps me going, just having fun with it, the people that I meet and talk to, the coaches, just overall, it's a great atmosphere to be in. Yeah, I mean, that's that's what keeps people coming back is just kind of being around student-athletes, being around coaches, being around something that's kind of bigger than just what, what you have going on in your life. Um, that's, you know, kind of what, what kept me around it for so long, so... Yeah, it's definitely different than your average office gig, which I think is is what makes it so attractive to me for sure. But now that we know how much you enjoy it and, and what it all means to you and, and that this is the career you want to go on, who would you say has been your biggest influence into this profession? Not only just getting into it, but maybe you spoke about the book, but more along the lines of wanting to stay into it. Because I think a lot of kids get into this profession as a student, but they don't stay into it as a career. Yeah, I feel like, honestly, just what it has helped me, like, stay within it is more so probably my former boss, um, Clinton Thomas. Um, shout out him. He kept me through it all. I mean, he's, he, went, he went from an FCS school before coming up to UTSA. And, like, he talked about the grind and the grimy experience of, like, what it is to be coming from, like, a FCS school from San Antonio and, like, going up to a D1 single A, if you will, and just talking about those long trips by himself and like taking stuff from San Antonio to Fargo and just how like he took me under his wing, honestly, and like gave me the tools to succeed within this industry. I feel like, like as a student so far. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely challenging. The FCS has its, has its pros and cons. We've talked about it a little bit on here with the playoff systems, a lot of fun. And, and, you know, there's more teams that legitimately it sounds silly to say this, but there's more teams that legitimately have a chance to win the national championship. North Dakota state wins it every year, but I mean, there are many teams that are playing uh, for that national championship every year that, that you don't necessarily see at the FBS level. So that's all cool. But you're right when you say like, I mean, there's financial restraints on the FCS level that you don't see as much with FBS. And it's, it's a lot harder. A lot, a lot of the time student managers are asked to do a lot more and full-time staff are, you know, fewer and far between. So you, you've got a lot more on your plate and that makes some unique challenges. So I'm sure that it was, it was an upgrade for him, but it's good that you've got someone that's kind of brought you into the industry and has taken a nurturing hand to kind of show you the good sides of it and explain the bad while you're at it and, and make it fun for you. So I think that's, that's the way you really retain those student managers and, and keep them in the profession. Yeah. He was a great guy, honestly, just, take me under my his wing and teach me the ropes. He actually got me into an AMEA. I, I forgot the acronym for it. AEMA. Well, like, yeah, the, he got me into that and just, I mean, he's let me, like, learn as I go on, just teaching me the ropes on, like, how you do this, how you do that. He's shown me, like, a little bit of, like, how you take care of the financials, the ordering, and, like, taking care of other sports and stuff, because he wasn't just a football guy. He was the head of football. Like, he was the head equipment manager for all sports. And, like, mm-hmm. he took care of, like, all sports and stuff. And he helped. He made sure that I learned about the industry as a whole. So it was pretty cool. It's good. I mean, it, that's come up on some of the interviews that we've we've done for this, this series and segments. But getting able to really see the business side of this job is, I think, very important as a student manager. Because some people come out of out of college not having any of that experience and not knowing necessarily what's all involved for that and how to budget properly and just do the 
different things day to day that you really don't see as a manager. You know, that, that puts you ahead and it gives you a much better idea of what's going to be expected of you if you want to, you know, stick this out and make this a career. So, you know, that's that's a really good thing that you have kind of going for you already that you're starting to see the business side of, of this job and see really what, you know, an equipment manager does on a daily basis. So that's only going to help you, uh, you know, moving forward and kind of just soak up as much as you can. Ask a million questions because, you know, like I said, if you're, pa- if you're this passionate about it, learn as much as you can before, you know, you start taking assistant jobs and all these other things so that when you get those positions, you know, you'll be able to really hit the ground running and not spend so much time really, you know, trying to learn the quote unquote basics. Yeah, I feel like I'm trying to learn as much as I possibly can. So because it's a very hard thing to get jobs in this industry. I know it's like bigger schools already know what they have in mind and stuff. But if you can present a good enough resume, if you can present yourself eloquently enough, I feel like you can definitely put yourself put yourself in those like positions that you want to be in. So I'm trying to learn as much as I can, as fast as I can from this industry. So whenever the time is needed for me to be either an assistant at like the college level or a head guy at a small school or something like that, you know, just be able to just go at it completely and take everything with an opportunity and make sure that I do the best I can. Yeah, I think that's it. That's 100%. That's the attitude to have going into it and be open to to what you want to do for sure. And, and it makes you more flexible. Um, so you talked about being a member of the AUMA and, and, you know, being involved and knowing about it, I think is, is the step one that that's hard to get students to know about it. Um, if you don't tell them, they're not going to learn about it on their own. Cause it's just not something that is, is advertised to them maybe in the classroom, but are you working towards certification? Are you logging your hours? What do you know about the process? Is that something that you kind of have in your mind of, yeah, this is the hurdles I need to clear so that when the time comes, I'm ready to take the test? Or have you looked into that at all? I've looked into it. I've also heard y'all's episode on the certification process and like a lot of the stuff. Mm-hmm. And I feel like there's a lot of things that I will have to learn if I want to like, stay. if I stay in football, I definitely have a good knowledge, but I feel like I want to get into other sports as well. Like, say hockey or soccer and stuff like that because i love hockey i like soccer and baseball too i mean there's a lot of stuff that i have to learn and what have to work in those sports for me to like understand that different certifications but i'm trying that this upcoming year to log my hours i'm gonna try to talk to my boss about that now um yeah it's gonna be pretty interesting to see how that works out i have some few questions on it but i feel like i'm in a pretty good place for it yeah i mean it's not hard if you work as a equipment manager the big thing with the hours is yeah, they want you to log them, and you just have to have someone sign off on it, a supervisor, but it's not hard to get the hours, and it's not something that they really expect to be hard to get the hours. They know that if you've done this as a student manager in college, you're working a lot of hours, and the hours are not so much that it's impossible to get them. So with you having done two seasons already, I would say you've probably already met your hours if you went back and like just backlogged them. But yeah, yeah you'll, you'll be fine there. you got to have the college degree. So that won't be an issue. And then, like you said, just go ahead and start studying for that test. And any experience you can get with other sports will help uh, broaden your knowledge to be a, a professional and work in any, some, anything other than football. But it'll also help you um, just have some general knowledge so that when you're going and studying for the test, some of it's not you seeing it for the first time. Yeah, I, I there's 
there's there's this quote that sticks in my head from y'all on that episode that you'll never be lacking in hours in this industry at all. The sports industry will never be lacking in hours. And I feel like I'll definitely have enough time and I hope to like stick around long enough and do other sports to, you know, get a foothold and stuff and learn a lot more things. Um, that's the goal hopefully, but first things first, I got to focus on football. Yep. Exactly. So let's, um, you know, kind of, think about this moving forward i know you still have some time left in school and you know you're not necessarily to the point of thinking about this but you, you know you might want to start uh, you know getting there but what all do you know about the the interview process for athletics uh jobs especially equipment manager jobs in that process and have you i know you uh you know we talked about earlier that you had applied for a few you know internships with the nfl and had a little bit of communication with some of those teams, but what all, you know, have you experienced and, you know, are you trying to do to prepare for that, that, uh, part of your career? Um, yeah. So I feel like I've been fortunate enough because my first year as an equipment manager, it was my first, it was my boss. It was my then boss's all first year too. And, um, we had, he had to hire a new assistant. So I kind of, I kind of, I wouldn't say eavesdrop, but he told me a little bit of like what it is to, you know, get a job in equipment and stuff. Like he talked about his own experience being hired by UCSA. We hired this great guy who's now working at LSU. Um, shout out Luke Dudley. Um, yeah, he was uh, the first assistant at UTSA when I was there. And like the interview process for him was just trying like he knew connections. Like he knew the head coach at the time. He knew most of the staff at the time because he worked at LSU as a student manager and like that helped him get through the door and like put his resume on like the top of all of the pile. Cause he had chemistry, he had connections and like, it's all about who you know and how you know. And like, if you can get along with a lot of people, cause the head and the assistant spend a lot of time with each other. And if you don't like that person, like it's going to be really hard for you to get that job if you don't have good chemistry. And also he's just really well knowledgeable and when we had this coaching change this past fall, this past season, we let go of a lot of staff that included my former boss. And we brought in this new guy from Arkansas, um, shout out Tyler Renard. Just, you know, just a lot of the interview process was dealt down to, again, people that you know in this industry. So, like, I feel like I have to get those connections. I have to stay polished. I have to be professional. I have to just be on top of my game, I guess, at that point. Just making sure I don't do any mess ups and make sure I'm the best candidate at any given time. Yeah. So were you, so whenever they brought in Tyler to interview for that job, did, were the students involved in any of that in terms of meeting with them or talking with them? Um, uh, not really. We really didn't know who's going to get hired. Like that's the thing. Like when you have like a void in the, in the equipment room, it's really, it's really eerie, I guess, but it's just like, we weren't really told who got hired until, we were sh until Tyler showed up and yeah, it was pretty interesting. I mean, he's a great guy. Can't wait to work with him. We have a lot in common. So yeah, I mean, it's pretty cool to see that, but honestly it was just up to the athletic department and the new coaching staff that came on to like pick the people that they wanted for the program to advance forward. So, you know, to, to kind of build off of that, I know you might not have had much time yet to spend with him and, and kind of, learn from him but so far what's that transition period been like for you guys because you're coming in and you're going to be working with somebody who's got a different management style and a different idea of how they want things to run and even with 
like having a new coaching staff, you know, everybody's going to run different practice a different way and they're going to have different expectations for what your position is. So have you noticed any differences yet on, on how you think Tyler might want to do things and, um, run things in that equipment room? Um, yeah, I mean, there's, there's a little bit of difference. I mean, he's a really good guy. He's a really open guy. Like he communicates with us forwardly, like as much as he can, because obviously there's stuff that is out of our control and out of my pay graded stuff to like, he told that type of stuff and mm -hmm. i feel like he's done a lot so far when it comes to like changing things in here a little bit on the equipment room like we we're learned we're gonna learn a lot from him honestly because of like his experience from a, like a big school coming from the sec from arkansas and like he also worked at south florida for a, for a little bit i think and just overall i i think it's gonna be a bit more open a little bit more cohesive like Clint was a great guy. There's no doubt about it. I feel like there was just a lot of stuff that we had. Like, I don't know if it was the surrounding of the area of the situation or anything like that, but it's like Tyler steps in and we have a little bit more like understanding of self towards things like that. And just how practice is going to be run in general. I mean, I feel like we're going to get in a rhythm. I mean, always is a bit difficult when you have new coaches, but like, Hopefully Tyler helps us out a little bit because he understands how this is going to be run. So, yeah, and I think um, I could be wrong here, but I'm pretty sure I think Tyler came there. But I think a lot of your coaches came from Arkansas as well. Yeah, so a bunch of them. There's, that's going to be easy for Tyler to transition in because the biggest challenge with going to a new school um, as an equipment manager is when you've got an existing coaching staff there. You know, they kind of know that the student managers know how to run things and the previous guy knew how to run things, but you're coming in and you've never worked with that staff. So that's hard where he's new with the coaching staff, but um, at a school, but he's not new with the coaching staff as far as he's worked with them before. So he'll know kind of what they want to do with things. So that'll make that transition easier for you for sure. But what would you say? Um, you've talked about, you know, you've gotten a little bit of background on what the FCS is like. You've interviewed for some NFL internships and stuff. What is the level? that you see yourself working at where where's your goal where do you want to work is it football is it another sport what what do you want to do with your career honestly i'll work wherever they want me to i'm a i'm a pretty all-around guy i feel like that's the answer i want to give out to that just i want to work wherever i can like if it's at the nfl level i'll be happy about that if it's mls i'll be happy about that if it's the nhl i'm not a big cold guy but i'll get used to it um if it's if it's football if it's college hockey college baseball i mean i'm a pretty adaptable guy i can you can stick me there and i'll get to work quick so honestly i wouldn't mind any level of it i prefer I, I mean anyone would prefer like the nfl and division one football like power five everyone would like to do that but honestly i feel like you get a lot more experiences say like at the group of five or the fcs or maybe division two and stuff and you can transition those things if you can but like I wouldn't mind working in any level at any sport. I mean, that's that's a good way to look at it. Um, you know, the one thing that, that Scott and I always try to say and that we try to preach to people is, you know, as equipment managers, you're going to bounce around a little bit. You know, it's a rarity. It's an extreme rarity where you see people go from, you know, a student to an assistant to a full-time or a, a head guy at the same school all, you know, in one career. It just it doesn't happen that often. And, uh, you know, I bounced around, had four or five different schools that I worked at. Scott's now been at what, four different schools, something along that lines, but don't 
ever hesitate to just take the opportunities to come to you. And when jobs come up, if you think you might be a good fit, apply for it. You won't know what it'll be until you get on campus and take a look at it. So, you know, the one thing I will always say is whether it be campus or uh, if it's on the professional level or whatever it may be, uh, get there, see it, get an idea of what the environment is, what the atmosphere there is, because what something that might seem like a bad job could end up being a great job for you because you'd be working around a great bunch of people and a great bunch of athletes and all of that stuff. So don't uh, always leave your your options open for that stuff and you know i think that's a really good uh perspective that you have so far leading into that yeah i feel like you know that's the goal i mean just seeing where i can land and trying to get into the interview process because if a school or a team flies you out they like you already and you just gotta i don't know just not not be horrible at like the process yeah, well, that's good. I think that's a good uh, spot to leave it for now. We'll take a break and we'll come back and continue talking with uh, Mr. Castro here. Awesome. We'll be right back, guys. Welcome back, everybody. Still here with Miguel, and we're going to get back into this and ask my favorite question of the pod. You know, something I ask everybody. And Miguel, one of the one of the things that all athletic staff have to do. And it's part of the reason we named the podcast what it is, is other duties as assigned. And, you know, that's stepping in, jumping in where it's kind of outside of what your daily duties are and what your typical tasks for the day consist of. And, you know, we, we want to know what your best example of other duties as assigned would be. Oh, that's a, that's a bit of a tough one because, I've only really done football stuff when it comes to that, but I have helped out other sports. Like if it's delivering boxes and stuff from like, cause all the boxes usually got shipped to like the equipment room. So I was the guy that had like a lot of, some of the few managers like helped out and moved boxes here and there to like other sports. But I remember this one day in the summer, my boss went to the convention and it was just me chilling in the equipment room. Cause he told me like, Hey, hey take care of the equipment room for like the time I'm gone. Just make sure you don't blow it up. And the first day I'm there, 300-something boxes came from Adidas, like, for all the sports. So I spent, like, four hours sorting through it, and I had to just kind of email the coaches as accordingly to, like, get their boxes. And if not, I'll just take them to them and stuff. I mean, I mean it's all in a day's work, but I was just like, that's the only time I've really got to, like, other duties as a sign. Like, I'm, honestly, I can't really remember them because as an equipment manager, you just kind of do as you're told sometimes and you just go for it. And I sometimes don't remember that type of stuff. No, I mean, that's not a bad one at all. And it, it could vary for, for anybody, you know, some, some people have some, some crazy stories for it. And some people just are lucky enough to not have yet experienced some of the craziness that, um, really kind of pops up. So count yourself lucky that you don't have some ridiculous off the wall story of, having to get pulled in and help facilities paint the field or something like that, or having to rewire a uh, field scrubber, something along those I, lines. Uh, thank God on that one so far. <laughs> <laughs> It'll happen. Be ready. But yeah, yeah I mean, it's, I'm voting for it. I mean, 2020 has showed us a lot and I'm just, I'm waiting for my cue for something to go wrong for me. Yeah. It seems, <laughs> to, be, it seems to be the the running theme for this year, but 
with that, I mean, I think that's really all we've got for you. Now we'll open it up, let you ask us any questions you may have, whether it's about the interview process, certification, general equipment questions, just job search things in general, whatever. We want to be a resource to you. We appreciate you coming on and talking to us. So now we kind of want to return the favor a little bit and, and just give you the chance to, to ask us any questions you have. All right. Um, I'll start off with like this kind of a sitter, I guess, on this one, just like out of all the interview process, because y'all have worked at multiple schools, I understand just which piece of advice would you like to give to me about like just the general processes of this, like trying to get your name through the door? Like I know you spoke on the last pod where like it's being presentable, having correct grammar on your resume and having a good relationship with like the head guy or the assistant. Just what is it in general that like, Bodes that would help someone like me get in their name through the door? Uh, well, I would say one of the biggest things is networking. Uh, you know, you get to meet a lot of people and different equipment managers throughout your career. Um, having your head manager, whoever it is that you report to as a student in your corner, is always going to help, especially if they're well connected. But Meet people, talk to them. If it's even through social media, just reaching out and connecting with all the different equipment managers across the country is going to help you, uh, you know, get there. That was always my biggest thing is talking to people because not only are you going to help yourself in terms of with your career, but you're also going to learn something. And being part of this industry, and, you know, I, I like to call it a family because equipment is. It's a pretty small group and we're a real tight knit community uh, for the most part. And talking with all of them, if they know your name, if you have, you know, a good reputation behind your name, then that'll take you a long way. Uh, so definitely with the networking side and like I said, try to have a presence on social media. Be be in the equipment room tweeting out pictures of what you guys are doing that day, whatever it is. Uh, you know, we, we talked to some people who sent out some tweets about, you know, just ball prep, right? Just sitting there breaking in footballs at their house or whatever it is that they're doing during this time where there's not a whole lot going on. And they just sent out a random tweet and got interactions with other equipment managers and got to talk to some people, talk a little shop, and maybe down the line, whenever that person's out looking for a job, he'll be able to have his name remembered from from those types of interactions. So that for me is one of the biggest things just talk to people and also get to know your vendors i know that you don't get to to spend a lot of time around those guys as a student but if you're in there trying to see more of the business side of things ask your boss ask a million questions to your boss and ask them you know about the vendor situation cuz they are a huge part of it and they talk to all of you know they they bounce around all the time going and visiting your visiting the different equipment rooms and talking to those guys so if they know your name you know, they they would help you and they know what jobs are coming open sometimes before anybody else does. So, yeah, no doubt. I've been lucky to talk to like two of them, at least the Rydell guy and a BSN guy. And just they're cool cats. I mean, they're former equipment managers. And yeah, it's pretty cool to know those types of guys. Yeah, I mean, I think you do see a lot of vendors are either former equipment managers or they work with a lot of equipment managers. So they're kind of honorary equipment guys i guess they come to our convention a lot just to to give presentations for sure but also to just be there they like being around us they're 
they're very similar in personality, so you tend to have a good relationship with your vendors, and that's always important. They'll go to bat for you. But everything he said, I'd also say like we hit on a lot of this stuff in some other episodes too that we may forget to mention and not mention every time. So with all these student manager interviews, everyone's questions have been a little bit different, but the the conversations have all all been similar. But what I would say, I, ha- I know I haven't said yet, is one good thing I think it shows people you're serious about the job is once you apply for something. Just look at who the hiring manager is. If you're applying for the assistant, you know, football job at UTSA, email Tyler after you apply and just say, hey, I've submitted my application to the HR website, but, you know, wanted to reach out to you personally. Here's my resume and stuff for you to look at. Like, I'm really interested in your position. I know from when I've hired people, um, you don't get that a lot. People don't reach out to you directly. They just trust the school HR process. But when you're getting 100 applicants for a job and maybe three people do what I just said, you're going to kind of make sure you're really going to look at their resume closely when you may skim over maybe application number 67 because you're just sick of looking through them and also it kind of separates you a little bit it's a it's a good strategy to to do be professional in all your emails um, that's one thing that that is worth saying because you do see it a lot when you interact with people where you know you may send them an application for something like that and then I'll get them. It's mostly from student, so student managers and people who want to be student managers. So it's good that we're saying it on an episode like this. But I'll post a job for like student equipment manager, and then people will apply in the in our link on our university's website, and then I'll get an email from them and say, "Hey, I applied. You get my application? Well, I'm not hiring you. Like you kind of just ruled yourself out right there. Sure did. Thanks. Next. Yep. So <laughs> be professional. Don't treat people as a friend when you don't know them, I guess, don't be too comfortable, keep that professional thing and, and try to try to really put your best foot forward at all times and, and make sure your brand is a solid one. Yeah. Sounds like a, sounds like great piece of advice. I'll make sure to use that always. And my next question is something that I'm pretty sure most equipment managers have. What is your worst road game experience? It could be before the game, during the game, after a game. It could be on the way there. It can be anything. Just what is your worst road game experience ever like? Point blank. I've got, I've got two. Um, two come to mind. One, while well, at Montana State, we went to northern Colorado, flew into Denver, um, and we unpacked the plane, did everything, and the way we did it there was we, we didn't have a big truck that we could send everywhere, so we would rent a Penske, take it to the airport, unload all of our trunks and everything underneath the plane, fly to a place, and we'd have a, a local place. If they could deliver it, great. If not, we'd take a, a rental car um, that usually our DFO or someone had, and we'd go over there and bring the truck back. Well, one time they gave my boss the wrong directions to the Penske place. So we, I'm unloading everything off the plane and just letting it sit on the tarmac there. He drives, he gets the, the car, takes him to the wrong, it was either U-Haul or Penske somewhere. It took him 45 minutes to the wrong dealer. Um, so he went like 30 minutes to the wrong dealer and then had to go another 15 minutes to get the right one. And then it was like a 20-minute trip back. When it was all said and done and them getting everything figured out, I sat there with one student manager and you know 70 player bags and an entire plane full of equipment for about two hours just waiting on them. And then we had to still take it to the stadium and do our setup. 
So that was one bad. The other one I would say is some of these schools like FCS is you can't get into the stadium on Friday night. They may have other things going on. So we couldn't use Villanova's stadium. Uh, but we have about seven hours of work that we were doing, getting jerseys on pads, decaling, all that stuff. And it was a noon kickoff or maybe it was a one o'clock kick. Either way, it was too early for us to do all that in the morning. They weren't going to let us in until 7 a.m. So we couldn't do it. So we were in a hotel conference room and we unloaded the truck full of we took off one trunk that had our decals and stuff in it took off all the player bags and we put jerseys on pads and did decals and stuff in the uh hotel conference room before loading it all back up and then we just had to kind of set it everything on on chairs and stuff in the locker room the next day so i'd say those are tough but i mean there's so many it's endless stories it's you're gonna have it no matter where you go there's always gonna be places where it's just like anything else you do that's not work related. It's not as comfortable as if you're doing whatever you're doing at your own home. So, yeah, yeah, it's a tough one for me. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we all have crazy experiences and and in different things. You know, one of probably one of my most memorable ones was going to Illinois State and the playoffs when I was at Richmond. We sent the truck out um, the day before the team left and they were to meet us there and we get to the stadium and I was, we got a rental car, the whole team gets there. They go to the hotel. I grab a couple of my managers to go to the stadium to meet our driver and start setting up the locker room. And I get there and he tells me that there's a problem with the truck. I was like, okay, you know what, what's going on? And he was basically saying like the truck's dead. We tried to get a mechanic out to fix it while we were setting up the locker room, and I basically have a, you know, paperweight sitting out in this parking lot now th- that was holding all of our equipment that is not going to be able to get us home. So stress levels are to the max as I'm trying to find a rental place that has a truck available that I can take from Illinois and drop off in in Virginia uh, within, you know. The next 24 hours of you know getting that done um and then you know that truck ended up staying up in that truck ended up staying up in illinois for good uh we sold it essentially to the to the company that towed it for us for parts and i was this was right as i was leaving richmond too and we were probably a month removed from the new season starting and we had yet to get a new truck um, oh. So I think they eventually got a new one. I'm pretty sure they did. But yeah, I mean, just not having a way to really get our stuff home. You know, it was stressful. And there was always stuff that I took home on the plane. But I was basically working with my DFO. Like, hey, if I can't get a truck, I need an extra seat on the plane. And um, do we have the ability to put all of our stuff under the under the plane? Like, will we have the ability to put all that weight under there like will it you know will this still work with our chartered flight um so just yeah i mean the stress level of that was was a lot for us oh yeah i have one story that really sticks out in my mind i mean i could tell the story about how i got beat deep three times in a seven on seven game at kansas state by a 40 year old man my freshman year i could explain that one that was pretty bad and i haven't heard the end of it from anyone that's ever been there but and you was, now won't because you just put it out on a podcast for anybody to listen at any <laughs> given point in time for the rest of history. 
I'm fine with that. I mean, it's not the worst thing. That's, I mean, now I'm better, but my freshman year, I was a bit overweight. Freshman 25 was a real thing. <laughs> it's upgraded <laughs> from the 15 from my day. Yeah, it, it's gone up. I mean, UTSA's dining hall has some really good stuff at, at, at Holt. But my worst experience would have, not my worst, just one of the odder ones I would have to say, would be from this past season when we played up at North Texas in Denton. So after the game, it was a rough game, just absolute rough game. So we're going back inside the locker room, going to help, you know, get, you know, stuff ready to go because we're going to try to leave quick. All of a sudden, I just hear this boom. And next thing I see is just players running at me, which is never a good thing. And just black liquid coming out of the roof somewhere. It's like hot, steamy stuff. Everyone at that first thought it was gas. So everyone evacuated. And then we realized, oh, no, it's a water leak. It's like gray water just seeping out from like a pipe somewhere. And like, the, like everywhere is getting like messed up. Like pads are on the ground. Jerseys are on the ground. Helmets are on the ground. Like player stuffs are getting wet. And like I'm kind of just left in flight or fight mode. And I just have to go back in there because. I have to get that stuff because I'm thinking about equipment first for no apparent reason. I just went back in to grab, like, started grabbing helmets and jerseys, grabbing everything, putting it up on a higher ground and just getting player bags and stuff. It's just, it was a whole on, like, we should have left in 45 minutes. I think the team left around, like, an hour and a half later than we expected to. And, like, I stayed back to, like, help my boss and the 18-wheel driver just get the stuff on the 18-wheeler and... We got back to the school because, like, it was like a five-hour bus ride from Denton to San Antonio. It was like a six-hour bus ride there back, and it was just long and arduous. We didn't get back to like the next day, like five o'clock in the morning, and we just started unloading the stuff, unpacking the stuff, and we're just like, we're never letting this happen again. Just one of the yeah. most insane things. Yeah, that's that's pretty awful. I mean, the only other thing that I could think of was <clears throat> when we got back, when I was at Nevada, we were um, coming back from a bowl game and some of the player stuff made its way onto, we put actually stuff on a boat and shipped it back because it was more economical for us and trying to put it all into the plane was physically impossible whenever you're leaving for an entire week. Um, <clears throat> but like a bag or two of player stuff, like their like helmets and shoulder pads and whatever apparel that they threw in the bag to throw back was on that truck. And so you're thinking it's Christmas Eve, the day we get back. Um, and that stuff had been sitting on a boat for however long. So as we're starting to unpack these bags and unpack all this stuff, it's frozen. Like, so their nasty sweaty stuff that they put in there a week earlier is frozen solid. So that was good times. Oh, that sounds terrible. There's not enough, like, detergent plug there to save that gear. There's no way. Nope, we got rid of all of it. Oh! Yep. You got any more questions for us? No, I feel like that's all of them. I mean, that's all of them, I guess, yeah. Yeah. Well, hey, man, we really appreciate you uh, coming on. If you have any other questions or if anyone listening has questions for us, Feel free to reach out to us again. Uh, 
obviously we're on Twitter, ODAA podcast, our email, ODAA podcast at gmail.com. But yeah, hopefully this has uh, been good for you um, in terms of learning a little bit more about the profession and kind of how to navigate these waters of, of once you're not a student manager anymore, continuing your career. And, and we appreciate you coming on and giving a little insight um, into other student managers who want to hear this. And, you know, we, we just, we really think this has been a fun series. We, we enjoy doing it and, and we're learning a lot about student managers and what they're going through because as different as things are around the country, it's, you all have pretty similar experiences as well. So it's, it's been really informative for us and, Hopefully it's been as informative for, for the people we've had on as it has been for us. Yep. Thanks so well, much for your time. I really appreciate it, y'all. It's been a fruitful experience. I hope it's been good for y'all. I mean, hopefully everyone that's listening at this um, enjoyed it. Um, yeah, I mean, great experience for any student managers that are out there listening to this. I mean, yeah, definitely try to come on, get your stories shared. And, you know, let's build this little brotherhood of student managers. I mean, also, I mean, the family of, like, student managers sharing our experiences. Like, it's pretty cool. I like it. Thanks, guys. Yep. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Thanks so much.